Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Mind Over Matter. These episodes are coming out a little bit more um, separated than they were when I first tried to start this because, as some of you may know, I am now working full time, but I do really love this outlet to kind of talk about some things that are on my mind, and I hope that anyone listening to it gains um, something after they listen. So today the episode is going to be all about asking for help or admitting you might need help when I'll start with just saying your life is generally not where you want it to be, and I am going to dive into specifically healing a relationship with food and body, but I want to give a disclaimer here that this is definitely not just an episode for someone who's had an eating disorder. I talk a fair amount about that in this podcast because it's something that I experienced and that is important to me, but don't knock it right away if that hasn't been something that you have experienced because I think a lot of things that I'm going to say would apply to a lot of people. Um, Because we're going to kind of go into just restrictive eating in general or disordered eating, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a clinical eating disorder. And if you live in the society that we do, which if you're listening to this is true, um, you have experienced these things at least to some degree or you know someone who has. So um, don't assume that it doesn't apply to you because I really think uh, some of it will. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Let's get started. So the theme today is really going to be about a self-realization that the way you're living your life in terms of your body, your relationship to food, and your general mindset about um, eating and exercising is not where you want it to be. And that's why I say um, it applies to more people than someone who may be in recovery, recovered, or currently experiencing an eating disorder because restrictive and disordered eating is more prevalent than ever. And I do think that it's existed for a very long time, but with the rise in eating disorders and mental health um, disorders in general, there's a lot more conversation in the mental health field about how people use eating and exercising as a coping mechanism in a very unhealthy way. And that can be very hard to differentiate in a society that tells us those can be very excellent coping mechanisms. And I would be lying if I said I disagreed because I do think for some people and even for myself at times, those are really great coping mechanisms. I love to cook, so being in the kitchen is a good coping mechanism for me. However, food can be a very unhealthy coping mechanism for me when it means I'm trying to control it to deal with my lack of control in other areas of life. Um, Another example, a lot of people suggest like if you're stressed out, you know, go for a run. That's not a good suggestion to someone who has struggled with overexercise in the past or, you know, is triggered by cardio or, you know, it doesn't matter what the workout is. The point being exercise and food aren't always the coping mechanism that should be suggested, especially um, given the way our society has gone with diet culture because it is very toxic to a lot of people. I applaud and envy those who can have a very healthy relationship um, with using those coping mechanisms uh, because it can be super beneficial. And if you don't have that uh, 
you know, pre-wired tendency to really take it out of hand, then it can be great. But I think a lot of people do. If you're a perfectionistic type A, um, if you struggle with trying to find control, those are really easy ways to find it. And it no longer helps us to have a world so centered around those things when we're really trying to find our other gateways and our other answers that don't have to relate to our body or food. That being said, what constitutes, um, you know, not being in the place that you want to be? I would say it takes time to really realize that that's where you're at. Um, it's happened to me a few times since being uh, starting my recovery journey. There's been a few times where things just start. It's really, for, at least for me, slow but steady, and it starts to just kind of become unbearable. Sounds like a dramatic word, but it's true. Like at first, it might be that you're, you know, working out just a little bit longer or one extra day, but that ends up cycling into feeling big guilt for not working out every day or um you used to have one cup of coffee and you were fine in the morning but now you're exhausted because you're not eating enough so you're starting to have two to three or you're needing it at your lunch break um because you're using it as a a, you know supplement to the energy you get from food things just slowly add up. And that can be with food. It could be with exercise. It could be that you used to see your friend three times a week, but now it's only once because you're using that time to, you know, focus on your body or try and change something to exercise more, make sure you're not eating out like little things that add up over time. And then before you know it, you're realizing that you're not being as social, drinking more coffee than you should be because you're not eating enough. You are exercising more and feeling guilty when you don't, the types of things that just start to really drain our bodies. So in order to find out if you're in a place that you, you know, would rather not be, there's going to be a couple questions that I suggest asking, and I'm going to read them off. So if you want to pause it, I'll try and give you a second after I read each one, but uh, really try and think about them. So The first question would be, which I find very powerful, what would be different for me if weight wasn't a part of the equation? So think about how you might have an extra serving of something when you're hungry because you know that weight's not a problem or you're feeling really tired so you decide not to work out that day because you know that weight is not an issue. I'm not saying that our bodies never change. I'm just saying our weight shouldn't be the driving factor of the decisions that we make, and it often is. We push ourselves mentally and physically all the time because we're worried about what's going to happen to our bodies. So if if your weight was going to stay exactly the same, how would you live your life? The next question would be, going off of this same tangent is what would be different about my life if food didn't matter so much? So cycling out of the weight specific question, 
if food didn't matter so much and you didn't care so much about when you ate, what it was, where it was, if it was out or not, what all the ingredients were, if you made it, if someone else made it, if it's organic or not organic, all of those questions, which again, some of them are important. I like to eat organic. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. But if all these questions weren't always cycling through your mind every single time that you ate, what would be different? How would you feel? What would be easier to accomplish? What would be easier about your day? How much more energy would you have? Lots of questions that people ask about food nowadays aren't unimportant, but there's a fine line between caring and obsessing. And that's where I think the line really has to be drawn because I will never tell someone not to care about if their food's organic or not because it's a personal value I have. However, that doesn't mean I always eat organic because if I had to do that, I would be a lot more restrictive and a lot less flexible when I am with my friends or eating out at a restaurant. And those types of things are exactly what I'm talking about in terms of when things start to get out of hand. When you become so obsessive about a certain way of life, it really inhibits you to feel free in a lot of other areas. The next question would be, what things bring you joy that have nothing to do with eating or exercise? When those two things start to become such big parts of our lives, it can be hard to remember or prioritize the other things that we know make us happy because we start to feel we need the certain amount of exercise, the certain kinds of foods, the certain rituals that we begin to feel safe by embarking in that we forget there's so many other things that can make us happy. People, activities, um, self-care practices like reading or writing or just enjoying a movie with friends. We start to crowd out the other parts of life because these two things, being food or exercise, maybe both, maybe one or the other, depending on who, who's listening. But um, we really start to ignore and forget about all the other parts of life because these areas become so loud and so intrusive. So by asking what things can bring you joy, you might remember um, a lot of other things that you like. And we want to have more things in our life, not less. Um, and I really think that trying to find a good variation of your day-to-day -day can be super helpful with um, letting go of some of these restrictive or disordered tendencies. And the last really important question I think we can ask is, what are my values and how are they harmed by prioritizing body manipulation and or food restriction? So a lot of the time people who struggle a lot with their eating or exercise behavior um, it, it really isn't in alignment with who they are as a person. I can speak from personal experience that, if anything, these tendencies I had, the ritualistic behaviors I had, the things that I thought I would fall apart without, were really not in alignment with the things I actually cared about. And once I started to realize the things I did care about, for example, having really um, deep relationships with my friends, being an active member of my family, showing up and being at events, prioritizing my mental health, which I 
tried to tell myself I was doing at the time, but I absolutely was not. I was just using food and exercise to ignore what I was feeling. Now I write more than I ever have. I read more than I ever have. I listen to more podcasts than I ever have. And again, it is a, it is a journey. Absolutely. There's no change overnight. Most of the things that I've realized have altered heavily for me. I've only realized after at a minimum of, of months and kind of looking back and seeing how much my life has changed by making a decision to do something differently. And usually when something gets better in one area, you just notice another that you need to work on. Um, That's not necessarily a bad thing. Once we realize that as humans, we're always going to be growing. So it's not like we have to reach this destination or if we work harder or faster, we'll get there sooner because it's not true. There's always going to be something. And recognizing that can kind of take the weight off our shoulders that we don't have to get there now. There is no there and um, it's going to be fine. We just need to take it slow and check in with ourselves, which is exactly what this episode is intended to do, to ask yourself those questions, see where you're at in your relationship with food, body, mind, and see if there's any changes that you have to make. And maybe you don't. And if you don't, that is absolutely fine and great. And we all get to make those decisions for ourselves. But if you're starting to notice these things creep in, like I said, I have before in my past, let's start to unpack where they're coming from and how to slowly get back to uh, the place that we feel we would be best at. After you ask yourself those questions, the next advice um, I would give that I've actually been doing recently is start to visualize what you want your life to look like. Uh, Visualizations or manifestations, I truly believe are so powerful. A lot of people would qualify them as quote unquote woo woo, but I'm a huge fan because I think the more that you see the life you want to live, the easier it is to make decisions that align with that life because it's already in your mind. It's a conscious effort to bring yourself closer to that place. And there's nothing wrong with that. So visualizing, you don't have to do it every day or all the time, but just really think about it. Maybe you can write it down. Um, But it is helpful to kind of imagine yourself in the place you want to be so that you then know where you're falling short or where you can take a step back and really bring yourself to that place or to those feelings or to those behaviors, whatever it might be. And another important thing I want to say is that you don't have to have a rock bottom moment to want to make a change. That's kind of where a lot of people come from, especially in, I would say, the eating disorder community is that no one really asks for help. And if they do, it's probably un voluntarily. A lot of the times I think people's bodies ask for help before they physically or, you know, emotionally ask for help because it just becomes an obvious issue to people around them. And to be honest, it might not even be an obvious issue to the person experiencing it. They just know something's wrong. They don't know what it is because that's the unfortunate truth of the eating disorder um, as a mental health issue. And It is the most, anorexia is the most fatal mental health disease that there is. So it it needs to be taken seriously. And I'm not saying that 
people listening to this episode are all going to be in that category. I'm just saying take it seriously when it starts to feel like it's becoming an issue because it can only, you know, I mean, it can get better, but it can also really get worse. And it can only help to start to make those changes now and and bring yourself to where you want to be before you reach a point that it becomes a lot harder to return to or where you might have to take more drastic steps to get better. Now for the fun part is going to be some ideas I have to kind of challenge some um, tendencies or issues you might be having around food or exercise. So what are some things you can do to bring yourself out of the mindset that you have to be super strict and controlled and instead um, a little bit more flexible, free-flowing, happy, balanced in your life. So we'll start with some food ideas. One is going to be to challenge yourself to make a new meal every week, something that you haven't had before. Or that could also maybe be like going out and having something you haven't had before, but that's a pretty small step. Like it's one meal out of 21 in a week and you can decide where it is or what it is, but it's something new that's not, you know, in your usual toolbox of food. It's a fun idea. The second is every time you go to the grocery store, pick out one thing that you haven't had before or one thing that might be more hard for you to have. So a lot of times this might be something that's a dessert or like a carb because those typically tend to be harder foods for people. Um, it could also be changing a plan. So let's say you had plans to eat in, but you're going to tell yourself that one time this week, you're going to change the plan that you had and do something with a friend. Or if someone asks you to go somewhere, but you already you know, knew you were going to cook dinner at home, you say yes anyways. It's a challenge to say yes to the social aspect and let go of the control that you were trying to seek, even if it was subconscious. Um, if it makes you uncomfortable to change a plan, that's a perfect opportunity to do the opposite action and test yourself. So those are just a couple, couple ideas. So a few tips when it comes to exercise. The first being allowing yourself to rest when you are tired or overworked or fatigued. We really don't want to push ourselves here. I can go into a whole podcast about that, really, because I'm learning a lot about it right now, the importance of rest and rejuvenation, especially for women, depending on where you are in your hormonal cycle. But allow and honor your body to send its cues and listen to them because it's really going to help you in the long run grow in your intuition. The more you ignore your body, the less it's going to talk to you and that is not a relationship that we need to harm anymore. We already silence so many of our cues in today's society just with the amount of messaging we get in the media. So any chance we get to listen and honor to our body, we should take advantage of and respect. So allow yourself to rest. If you are tired, it's okay to say no to the workout when that happens. It does. It happens to all of us. There's no shame. The next thing is uh, saying yes to something that you would normally say no to and saying no to something that you would normally say yes to. So this was advice I was actually given by my therapist, and I'm not really even going to go into details with this because I think it's very individual, but you know what I mean. There's things people say no to because they feel guilty about, 
and there's things people say yes to when they feel like they have to. So I'm not talking about the things that really bring you joy. You don't have to say no to that or things that don't bring you joy. You don't have to say yes to that. But I'm talking about the things that you are responding to from a place of fear that aligns with how you think you should eat or exercise and saying the opposite of what you usually would in order to challenge those beliefs. And then lastly, try and start viewing exercise as a more full scope activity instead of just something that's about calories and sweating. Walking is exercising, hiking is exercising, a leisurely bike ride is exercising, stretching is still exercise, it's movement, it's getting your body flowing. And the more we can kind of harness this full spectrum view of what exercise is, I think it will be easier to have a better relationship with it because we see how much movement we can have in very um, enjoyable ways. So we can end this podcast just by saying that you don't have to be falling through the cracks to want to get better. You don't have to hit some aha moment or have this epiphany to realize that there are areas in your life you could work on. And just because you don't have a clinically diagnosed eating disorder or a quote unquote obvious issue with food or exercise or being underweight does not mean that you can't make changes and it doesn't mean that you don't need to make changes. So really use this episode to take a step back, examine your relationship to yourself and the decisions you're making, why you're making them, where they're coming from, um, what aspects of control you can kind of let go of to see that it all is very fleeting. The control that we seek from these external um, means are they're very fleeting and it will never give us the validation that we're seeking to find so by healing those areas we can start to heal ourselves in the true form instead of using these band-aids to distract us or make us feel better in the moment thank you guys so much for listening and i hope you have a great day